When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm opening Tic Tacs. I'm sorry. <laughs> opening Tic. What flavor? I will what not flavor? eat them. Uh, winter green. Sorry. Sorry. I never liked Tic Tacs. Well, they're. I don't think they're meant for enjoyment. I do like Tic Tacs, but it's the orange ones. The orange because they're just candy. They're, they're just, just like candy. Yeah. I mean, they're not doing dad. anything else for you. Are they supposed to be mints? Are the orange ones supposed to be mints? Or is it just like... This is orange. This is, can- this is candy. Like I, I got to imagine Reginald Tic Tac was <laughs> in there and he like emerged from his office like, I've invented another flavor. It's orange. And his business partners are like, but it's these are mints. And Reginald's like, orange. We're doing it. <laughs> and that's kind of how that conversation went. But those things are fucking great. I'll knock back like six at a time, munch them up. Oh, love those things. I've been. I don't know if I've ever had an orange one. Oh, buddy, you got to get at it. Leave. Get actually I try. Yeah, go to a Seven Eleven right now. Try orange Tic Tacs. Yeah, it sure it's COVID. There's a lockdown. You should only be going out for essential things. Go get yourself some orange Tic Tacs immediately. Mm-hmm. They're a different experience. <laughs> They're different. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wonder why we don't get more sponsors. Johnny, yep. I am going to need you to roll. Great. I, I have the app open. I've I got my character sheet. <laughs> the worst. It's hard. It's a hard check. I think it's you an said, athletics check. Oh, yikes. Hard is three? Three purple. He's got a new arm, though. Mm, that's a, That's going to be... This one's going to be a shame. This one's going to be a real fucking shame. Uh, so there are things that you can do to bolster this. Okay. I would love that. Uh, this isn't a spell, but, you know, why not just allow this uh, for other things? I think you can cast out to a luminary for aid and see yes. who answers your call. That's how yeah, we got afraid, into but... this problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, and 
No. Fuck, man. No. I mean, it's not it's not as crazy as it could be, okay. but it's on point as literally the luminary that answers your call is the boat. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, pocket yeah, boat. Yeah. Oh, like a like a pocket boat. <laughs> I mean, it carts fit in your pocket. Yeah, the boat opportunity, freedom, and labor. Fortune awaits those who seek it, but only with blood and sweat. So I don't think this is easy for Travis. Um, but it is possible for Travis. He has all the tools that he needs. Uh, so yeah, this is a hard check. I think there is also a black die in this check because fucking the past, man. It's a real bummer. Fuck in the past. But also, Margaret is holding your hand. And the offer to save her instead of have her save you, boy, howdy, that creates a little bit of intimacy. And so her power, she is going to be using it as she can to bolster your effort. You will have a blue die. I believe the boat, because it is perfectly thematically appropriate to help you in this situation, will upgrade your dice twice twice so i only have one green so would that make it one yellow and one green uh so upgrading twice uh yeah one yellow one green cool okay well it is three successes holy shit uh and three threats Mm. fuck yes oh oh Gosh, I love it. Well, you get across the bridge. It's not what I was going to do. Johnny, I wanted you to know that if you failed, you and Margaret would have been separated. And that would have been fucking cool. But we got other shit that we can do. So you dash across the bridge. Your feet like splash in these huge puddles of water um, and you can feel lightly as you are moving forward as you get to like the halfway point in the bridge you can feel that the water is being pulled a little bit out of your path uh, creating it making it a little bit more shallow as you run and you know that that is Margaret's strength at your back you can feel the firm connection between your hands that warm feeling as you reach the central point of the bridge and then a wave comes down the river it washes up through the the guide rails on either side of the bridge and pushes against you too You are flung battered against the other side as the waters continue to rise. Travis moves forward, and your hand stays firm against Margaret's hand, pulling her through the water as she is helping along with you. It is slow moving, and the water batters at you and sinks into your bones with cold. Your teeth start to chatter a little bit as the wind whips at your face and the raindrops even sting a little bit as they fall. And you feel, as you get close to the other side of the bridge, your hands start to slip a little bit, start to falter. It is cold 
and this is your new hand, your left hand, holding Margaret's. You momentarily worry, what if you let go? You look back at Margaret, chancing a look in all of this chaos, and you make eye contact with her. This is a moment that you've been through before. What does Travis feel? I think that, you know, I think that when he decided to run across, I don't think that it occurred to him what was happening. It was just like, we got to go, let's go. Mm -hmm. And now in the middle of it, it kind of all crashes down on him and he realizes that he is like somewhere he's been before. And maybe he did, maybe he did realize, you know, in his subconscious, but it did. Yeah. He wasn't thinking about that. He was just like, we got to fucking go. Margaret is a very sensitive person. Someone who understands people. Perhaps it's intuitive. Perhaps it's trained. But on top of that, she is also a black lily. And none can look deeper into another person's eyes than a black lily. Margaret sees what Travis feels in this moment. Margaret even catches glimpses of the past that Travis has lived through. That terrible moment when Travis was holding onto his long-lost beloved and was about to slip away alongside her. Or actually, was about to pull himself to freedom, holding himself on the reeds when that pale hand emerged from the water and pulled them both in. And Margaret hardens her eyes and firms her grip. And you can feel in this moment as Margaret is holding your hand that she would not let that happen to you. Not again. And there is a pulse in the water, kind of an explosion as the waves that are beating down on you lessen and slack just for a moment, enough of a moment for Travis to find his own feet beneath him and pull them forward to the other side of the bridge. It's very unsteady. Everything is wet. There is mud everywhere. And I think you stumble as you finally come across the bridge. But you have done it. You have crossed the river. That hated thing that that is at the root of so many of the problems you have faced in your life. And you have a brief moment where you get to revel in the feeling of being across. Before you hear a sickening crack as a musket ball crosses the river. And I am going to roll as some drowned sailors are going to straight up and try and shoot you. Sheesh. Mm. It's getting real. Sheesh. It's been real, folks. 
And let's see what these Mariners can do. Dancing? <laughs> yeah, they put on a full Guys and Dolls-esque production. So not a great production, <laughs> but a production. They're technically dead. So, I mean, like, come on. What more do you want from them? Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> that's impressive. I will give them a blue die because of all of the flooding conditions here. Holy shit. Johnny, they fail this role. Okay, good. And Excellent. they get a threat. Not only does this shot miss, but Travis is in a minorly like advantageous position. Uh, do you know what you might want for that? So where are they? So uh, you can see that y- your quick dash across the bridge became a slog. And the minutes that passed were the minutes that it took for the first of the Mariner ships to land on the shore and start spilling out sailors. So there is a group of these raggedly dressed folk, men, women, and other just forming a line, a marching line up to the bridge. Some have sallow and uh, shriveled skin that clings to their bones. Others are bloated in a sickly way as though they are carrying seawater. They all have hollow and dead eyes and look forward with a steely and murderous determination. But they all sit on the other side of this bridge. I mean, could the threat be that something happens to the bridge that would make it harder for them to cross? Fuck yeah. I think the bridge just like straight up whatever power, whatever power, uh, uh, God, fuck. You know it. You know it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. Casey, please cut that. Uh, Embarrassing. Play it it four times. Play it four times in a row. Uh, Oh, no. It's going to become an intro, you guys. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. God, fuck. God, fuck. God, fuck. God, fuck. You know it. You know it. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Ha. Whatever power Margaret was using to hold back the water as you cross the other side of the bridge, she releases. And as she releases it, this torrent of water that has been building up on top of the raging flood already builds up and smashes into the bridge, breaking boards away from it and cutting off that side of the river from your side. Can I ask you something? Sure, I've got time. All the time in the world. Just go for it. Do you know how to fight? She nods. Good. <laughs> Let's keep running. And those two move up the steps. Now, as we have addressed each main character, y'all have the crew of the Uhuru at your disposal. Is there something the crew is doing at this time? Oh, we need to be getting some people to safety on the Uhuru, just in case we need to make an escape like 
kids and all the people we promised we would give passage to. Oh, oh man. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Quite a few. I gotta go back for that old lady. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, you can also, the, the plan probably, because as we had decided, there is a plan. We as the players don't know it. The plan could have been, we need all those people in their homes because there are crew members of the Uhuru who are going to take them all gotcha. uh, over then, together. Um, cool. We should figure out, though, what exactly we are doing with the Uhuru, even though it doesn't have cannons. What is it in the water? Is it in the air? Would it make sense to have people on the bird brigade in the air? Yeah. That isn't us? I think so. I think we've had people do that before. Yeah. That that seems like a good idea to me. I mean, uh, I will say you probably haven't had people do that before uh, based on a thing that Liz said early on. But I, I do think Gable could have authorized that like, yeah, we need people on those birds because I'm going to be on the ground. And every like all of our main crew needs to be on the ground. So, yeah, you could have people ferrying people to the Uhuru from their homes in Nordia. You could have people in the bird brigade making a strike against uh, these drowned sailors as they're landing. Ryan Lochte and the other scouts are also out there. So, you know, you got free reign. Just tell me what you want to do and we'll make a roll for it. Whatever we can do to get Ryan Lochte killed. <laughs> yeah, can we have, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Can we just like have the ground underneath him like fall out and then he falls into lower Nordia? Track? Nordia has a bridge problem <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> All the bridges are bad <laughs> made that, out of toothpaste. that's true uh well I, I i think then why not have a ryan lochte lead the scouts in an attack uh like engaging the drowned sailors mm-hmm. stopping them before they even get to the stairs to the city or at least slowing them down yeah so that that's cool. Uh, then with uh, Ryan Lochte to lead them, uh, they will have two green dice and one yellow die to attack the drowned sailors who are currently marching across the watery land towards Nordia itself. Um, versus? Uh, that, that's going to be versus two red dice. Two red. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the mariners involved with this one Y'all, and while he may not be there, there are people in his employ, people that work on his ships who lead his drowned sailors. And when they are present, his power is with them. Um, And though Travis and Margaret were lucky not to uh, find one of the captains in the fleet of drowned sailors in the group that shot at them, Ryan Lochte will not be so lucky. We don't know that, though. No, we do know that he's facing a challenge. We don't know if he failed. He might succeed. He did, though. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm so excited. That's a failure and a threat. A failure and a threat. Ooh, this is not good for Ryan Lochte. So... It being only one failure, I will roll on the Uhuru death chart once. And right now, your threatened range is at 40. So, on this D100 that I am about to roll, we're going to see where it lands. One. 
Holy shit. It's exactly one. Wow. Okay, wow. The name in the one spot is Wilson. Wilson, you know. Yeah. He was the first member of the Uru crew that ever spoke. Wow. Um, Wilson is in the scouting party with Ryan Lochte. Ryan, after shooting up the flares, was tasked with rendezvousing with the other scouts near one of the uh, like staircases in Nordia that uh, you had planned to be climbable for members of the Uhuru and that they could close off that path after they were done. But Ryan sees the line of drowned sailors marching towards Travis and Margaret and sees the musket fire as they take a shot at those two fleeing the bridge. Ryan looks over the faces of the other folks who have volunteered to scout and says, fuck, I don't know what Ryan Lochte sounds like. Uh, yeah, that's okay. like a dumber slam. Okay. Yeah, I'm Ryan Lochte. Okay, so here's what we could do. We can either go back and start getting the civilians to the ship, or we can show those fucking mariners what the Uhuru is made of. Oh, oh um, stupid. That's very stupid. And some of them know how stupid that is <laughs> and just don't even bother and start Shut climbing up, the barricades. <laughs> but Wilson is so dumb no. <laughs> no. that he is a little bit inspired by Ryan Lochte. And so Ryan takes this ragtag uh, handful of extra brave scouts from the Uhuru and they draw their steel and revolvers and they move down to a spot where they can sort of come in and, and pinch the line of, of drowned sailors and there are revolver shots uh, from the Uhuru crew before they rush in and slash at the mariners that meet them blade to blade and Wilson is in this fighting line he slashes a blade against a mariner cutting that person's arm and part of their side and what spills out is not blood what spills out is rancid stinking seawater thick with the smell of death and seaweed and this freaks Wilson the fuck out he thought he was ready to follow Ryan Lochte into battle but he was not maybe as ready as he thought he was. And so he backs up. And as he backs up, a musket ball shoots through the air and strikes him in the shoulder. Wilson loses one hit point. But Wilson has more than one hit point. I was point say, what is about to say. He's a character who I like doing the voice of. So he's got a little bit of protection there. (laughs) 
Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. First things first, we've got a Radvertisement, and this one is coming from Emily to Silver, and it's going to be read by a special guest. Hey, Silver, you're never going to guess what? It's your birthday month! Uh, yeah, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows to send you fun gifts of birds, and I want you to know that I love you, and I hope you have an amazing day, and month, and a fantastic year! Happy birthday! That's a very sweet message, Slam. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Slam, you, you crying? Yeah. Birthdays, they make me emotional. They're strong and beautiful, like a muscle or a sandwich. All right, well, why don't you take a break? I want to take a moment to thank Silver so much for listening to the show and wish them an extremely happy birthday. Also, thanks to Emily for sharing this message with all of us. Because not only did it share a special moment of joy, but also it helped support the show. If you've got a special message that you would like to share with a friend, head to oneshotpodcast.com, click on the Contact Us bar, and select Radvertisements to book your own professional or personal message. Heroes, before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Paxton Clifford, thank you. Rachel Tessier, thank you very much. Bridget Kirby. Thank you. Moira L. Malstrom. Thank you so much. Morgan Hedstrom. Thank you. Barton Road. Thank you. Trevor L. Hoffman. Thank you very much. Dave Charlesworth. Thank you. Paul Lama. Thank you so much. Kevin Kerr. Thank you. And William Hobson. Thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. And coming this Monday, no matter what level you back at Patreon, stay tuned to your Patreon secret archive feed because you are about to get a very special preview. And if you haven't signed up for Patreon, now is a great time to do it. Not just because of the aforementioned preview, but there is a lot of great stuff in the secret archive waiting for you to listen. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon and everyone who's going to be hopping on in the future. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So while the other scouts continue this skirmish, starting to fade back into the the brush and land, trying to draw some of the drowned sailors away, Wilson doubles back, uh, suddenly full of fear, realizing that he's hurt, knowing that the best thing to do is to fall back and wait until the other crew members of the Uhuru are at his back so he can actually fight in a more even ground. And he makes his way towards the walls. And we'll probably check in with Wilson later. Now it is time for the drowned sailors to act. And 
I think they're, we're back at the group of sailors who are watching Margaret and Travis ascend the staircases towards Upper Nordia, looking at the torrents of water that are separating them from the other side of the bridge. And one, I think, instinctually tries to move forward and just get swept into the water and carried away meaning the others freeze and stop and wait. And then soon, moving through the crowd of mariners, we see a woman. A woman with pale skin. Skin that was probably in life much darker, but she no longer wears the face of a living woman. Though we cannot see her face as she carries a veil in front of her. She wears a tattered white dress that has been eaten away by age and by a rough life on the seas. She parts this group of mariners and makes her way to the front of their assembly and faces the torrential waters of the river. She extends her hands out over the water and flicks her wrist the dark mariner's mark on her palm pulses and reaches out to the water, and in an instant it is frozen solid. Not as ice, just as unmoving water. And she steps forward. The water lightly meets her feet as she crosses, and then the drowned sailors begin marching after her in lines across this new bridge made of tamed torrent. Once they are across, Lelorna turns back to look at the fleet of soldiers behind her and gestures them forward up to the walls of Nordia. And that is one of the Mariner's heralds one of the dark servants who carries more autonomy than the others in his fleet, one who is leading this attack against Nordia. And now we're back to PC slots. So who's going next in the initiative order, folks? Uh, I mean, Travis and Margaret are just running, so I don't think it, I don't think they need to be, they don't need a priority. Yeah, and Gable hasn't, if nothing's made landfall, there's no... Well, I mean, they have made landfall. Categorically, they have. But like the on the beach, fighting them right now. Wilson got shot. But <laughs> like on the beach where I am. So where you are, uh, I'm having trouble picturing basic, where, like, the map of the. Yeah. Um, imagine. Imagine more of a cove. I, I like the idea of Nordia working and having natural defenses because there's really only one beach area that you can land and like there's one path up into Nordia. Yeah. So if drowned sailors have landed anywhere, they've sort of landed everywhere. Gotcha. I still think John should go. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right. This is maybe a little out of game because like my, my thought is either to return to the ship 
and hold for you guys or to get into some sort of like possible ambushy location and hold for the Mariner? Well, I, we could talk, let's talk about the plan. I figure that like fighting will happen and then we all will naturally reconvene in the center of town by Axel. Okay. Well then, uh, Jonnet is actually going to head back towards um, the stairs to Lower Nordia to try and meet up with and possibly help clear the way for Travis. Cool. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, Jonnet, like you, you make your way over. You helped fortify these defenses. You know them very well. And perhaps I, I don't know if Jonnet knew that uh, Travis and Margaret were going to do this ceremony to fix his hand down in the Temple of Luminaries. But I, I feel like Jonnet probably just has an instinct that he should go check the walls now. Yeah. And as he does, oh, go ahead, please. Well, I think um, he, like, we catch up back with Jonnet, like, pretty much, like, right after he closes the door uh, to the the house. He starts to run towards the Uhuru, but then his eye is still kind of in this, this, like, fluttering position where it's kind of just, like, showing him little glimpses. And he already knows the tether that he like the vector that he can see between his main crew, like Gable and Travis. And he notices that one of the vectors is actually leading does like a hard 180 and goes back towards Travis or back towards uh, the uh, lower Nordia. And mm -hmm. for a second, he looks back and is like, why is my eye telling me to care about Ryan Lochte. Wait, no, that's Travis. <laughs> and, so, and so then he like takes off. Fuck on that guy. <laughs> he can die. I hate him. And it's just like, I've never, I've never, I've never thought about him before. And so uh, he runs uh, back towards the stairway to Nor Lower Nordia. Cool. Yeah, I guess when he gets there, how close are the the sailors like what yeah what's the scene so you can see like from a a top down vision like that there's this winding staircase that they're taking up because technically the route is shorter if they take these steep stairs they could be going up the main stairs to nordia but like that's going to be a slower route and i don't think travis madigo chooses the slow route so they're moving up this winding staircase that's a little uneven, um, making good progress. But you can see behind them that there is a woman dressed in white who has just walked across the water and that a group of sailors have followed behind her. And like, you know, there was a bridge there and now there isn't a bridge there. Uh, but that doesn't seem to have stopped the drowned fleet at all. And they're beginning their pursuit of Travis and Margaret up these stairs. It's still raining, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, then I'm just going to keep going down this magic route. Uh, we're going to spin two strain. And Jonna is going to try and pretty much just like cool the water, like the rain that is coming down around like a chunk of the drowned sailors into like hail to try and like 
just like knock them off and like slow them down a little bit. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, so that's an arcane. It will cost two strain. I can't keep doing this. <laughs> no, it's great. This is the time to do these things, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? All right. What am I rolling against? I think this is average. Okay. Whew. All right. That is two successes and one threat. That rules. God, it, it sucks that you keep getting threats. Uh, so you reach out and this I think is another circumstance where you need to call upon the rhythm that you learned in your meditation, uh, in Bujanith, because something that I should, uh, let people know is it is not normal for people to be able to cast spells that affect the water, which is something that might be a thing uh, later on when you talk to Margaret because Margaret's been able to do that. It's whether or not anyone but Travis observes it and whether or not Travis is interested to find out more. But Jonnet, you and the Liquid Sword monks are probably some of the only people in the world who have any control over water. You reach out and you can feel kind of like there is another hand on the droplets of water that that you wanted to get. And you have to wrestle control uh, away from that hand. And God, this is it. This is absolutely it. Uh, You succeed. This person was not expecting you to... Uh, like or anyone else to be influencing the water right now. The water is the mariner's domain, and the mariner is unquestioned in his control of the water. But here is Jonnet Kessler, the person the mariner did not expect in so many instances. You come using the focus that you learned from the Liquid Swords monk. You wrestle control of the water away and tighten your grip freezing the water and suddenly hail drops down oh please describe it you oh man i just like i've i've been trying to think about like ways to incorporate uh that rhythm thing more and so Mm -hmm. i think at this point jonnet has found like he's got he's got his he's got his four on the floor like uh bass rhythm like down and so Mm -hmm. he sees this uh, he processes it he figures out what he wants to do and then he like he like double taps his chest and then like claps and then at the clap that's like where uh, the th- everything like sort of like immediately you can see a point in the sky where it's rain and then after that point in the sky it's just hail. So the hail forms and like not only did you form hail, like you grabbed droplets of water and forced them together into larger chunks of hail. I think this is like golf ball sized hail falling yeah. down. Big boys. Fools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that does three damage. How many successes was that again? That was two. Plus two. So that's five damage overall. So one, two, three, four, and five. Just marking here on where we are on Mariners getting hit. And you drop one of the Mariners. 
that like th- this hail falls down and like it batters and strikes at the drowned sailors who make no move to defend themselves. They just walk forward, moving w- without a- attention or heed to the hail battering at them. And you you can see uh, like I'm dealing with abstract numbers uh, right now just to pull back the curtain a little bit for for the audience and the players. I have essentially decided that there are 20 essential drowned sailors in this fleet that are bolstering skill roles and things uh, as the sailors are going to be acting against you. And as you kill them off and whittle that number down, they'll they'll be getting weaker as groups of minions typically do in uh, Genesis. However, we're dealing with a scale of battle that is much larger than that. So I'm going to say this is a bunch of sailors going down, but like mechanically you dropped a sailor. So the golf ball-sized hail rains down on these mariners and batters at them. Not only that, but like it's actually balls of hail. So some are slipping and falling because they're trying to move up this steep staircase after Travis and Margaret. And we come to our threat. Our threat is you can see that there is this woman who is standing on the other side of the bridge who led the sailors across and slowly her head turns up to you and she looks at you. You cannot see her face behind that veil, but just the fact that she has acknowledged that you live chills you. Uh, So. Yeah. Oh man. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's probably not a great situation. Well, I feel like there are moments in this show and campaign where it's just like someone acknowledging Jonnet is the scariest thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm I seen. Prefer, I prefer no one to see Jonnet, please. <laughs> no seeing. No. Yeah, you can I tell that see. this is... This is a a show kind of run by an introvert where getting noticed by other people is one of the worst fates of that. Hey, buddy. John, it's played by an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But yeah, Um, that, that has happened. I am going to move down to the scouts who are trying to lead off, divide, and, and circumnavigate the sailors who fell away from the line to pursue them. Uh, Ryan Lochte may not be smart, but he is a a, a corsair aboard the crew of the Uhuru. He's gotten into fights before, and he knows how to fight on ground that is advantageous to him. So I am going to have the uh, drowned sailors attack this portion of the Uhuru crew which means that the drowned sailors are going to be rolling against the crew of the Uhuru and their light melee is three. They are going to be bolstered by one red die. Don't forget that black die. One yellow die. Yep. Okay. Well, that could have gone worse for Ryan. Could have gone better though. 
absolutely could have gone better. So the Mariners roll two successes, but three threats, uh, which is actually pretty good for everybody. So uh, two successes means I get two rolls on the Uhuru death chart. Jeez. Let's keep going, baby. Uh, that is a 46, which is above Ryan Lochte's number, so that doesn't affect him. And an 87. So, despite being threatened, none of the scouts are lost. This is where they are at their greatest advantage, where they have an enemy that is presenting overwhelming force, but also an enemy that has not taken the time to learn the terrain that they have. They pick off and separate these nearly mindless drones that march in the Mariner's fleet. And one by one, they strike at them, fighting them on ground where the Uhuru crew is strongest. Blades clash, and though the Mariners strike against them, mostly they have just divided this unit and maneuvered them into places where they cannot assault Nordia, which means the Mariner will be slower to drive his forces into the heart of this town, which, even though it was misguided, was at the center of Lochte's plan. So, the Mariners are now, like, drawn away from the main marching force, and they're not going to be able to gather their forces at the walls of uh, Nordia as quickly as they wanted to. Lorna stands on the shore, staring up at Jonnet, knowing that she has found her master's target. She begins to stride forward. And as she moves forward, the water of the river follows behind her and gathers underneath her. And the terrain may be rough, but it is not rough for Lalorna, for she walks in water which drowns people. She walks on the thing that gives her power. And you can see, and Jonnet, like, you have a great view of this. You can see Lorna reach towards some of the drowned sailors who were struck by the hail. And you can see her close her fists as though she's closing around them. And you can see people simply die. And Lorna draws their life forces into her own power so she can cast a spell. So the river surges underneath Lalorna's feet and redirects, flowing upwards towards the city, carrying her basically up and over the sheer cliff face that protects Nordia and onto one of the lower rungs. You can see that at the end of, like, as she has floated herself up to the top of this wall, she claps. And, Jonnet, you expect that perhaps the clap will, will, you know, make the river water fall away or end her spell. Instead, you can see the lines of drowned sailors who are marching behind her, like far down below. You can see them 
uh, dragged as though they were like marionettes just quickly pulled across the ground and into the river. They are fed up through the stream and spit out haphazardly onto the level that Lalorna has pulled herself to. And slowly but surely, their arms and legs arranged in unnatural angles, they begin to stand up and right themselves and begin marching at her back. Lalorna then allows the river to fade away, having gathered up some of her minions behind her, and continues her eye contact with Jonnet. You know that she is coming and you know that she brings with her the wrath of the mariner and you know that it is born against you and you can feel an icy prick at the center of your palm So we return once again to the long line of applicants standing in front of the Skyship Uhuru, who all hope to one day join this legendary crew. We see a man coming off that lineup. Uh, Johnny, would you like to describe this man for us here? Uh, yeah, he's um, just real, real rundown looking, wearing a suit that's uh, not a suit, like slacks and a, a dress shirt that's just a little too big. <laughs> Sleeves are a little too long. The tie is tied such that it is too long, sort of below his belt. Kind of, um, kind of Fred Mertz style. <laughs> just a Fred Mertz. Just a Fred Mertz type. Just a Fred Mertz type. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I, I assume he steps up, places headshots and resumes down. Uh, he places a business card down. Oh wow. Uh, oh, thank you. Hey, how's it going? Uh, what's this? Uh, Anderson Smith? Yeah, you had trouble uh, sounding that out there? Well, it's what? just a very unusual name for a pirate. Uh, we're mostly oh, uh, used to people like Stabby Joe or or the Soul Devourer or uh, yeah, Pam, the Incredibly Aggressive. You know, oh, something with a I, title. Uh, I understand the uh, mix up there. No, I'm Anderson Smith. I'm from OSHA. Uh, ocean? Look, we've got from a the lot ocean? Of ocean? From the ocean? No, oh, the ocean. no, no. no. We, we can't be having anyone from the ocean no. aboard the I'm ship. From, That's from, a... We're going to have to very kindly ask you to leave. Uh, no, I'm I'm from OSHA, the... Uh, what what's the what does this OSHA stand for? OSHA oh OSHA the health and safety city where everybody in that city is concerned not only with the health and safety of all their citizens but of all the cities around them. Ah, that was yeah, a clever way to get out around the acronym. Very yep. clever. Who who has time to be creative in that way? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we've been getting a lot of complaints, uh, lots of, uh, you know, 
loose uh loose trippable rope big birds that kill um you know kind of guns lying all over the place loaded and cocked that sort of thing so i'm just here to uh make a make an inspection and uh see if everything's sort of uh up to snuff no who's no. the leak who who's the leak who who's been telling you who talked <laughs> who talked uh, okay well oh okay hold on sorry I'm going. I'm going to go look. Now, I am an HR pirate, oh, okay. and I have to Who file is? all our reports. So this Slam may be... You. <laughs> this may I'm gonna be I'm going to go fight Slam. And what seems to be the nature of the complaints, sir? <laughs> well, there are quite a few... Um, the slapping is definitely in there. Well, the uh, slapping is included in the uh, rider of the contract of the Uhuru. Uh, people who... Yeah, uh, that's... Uh, uh, what's that? That's part of the problem. That's, that's exactly part of the that's problem. That's what you get, Slam. <laughs> who else told? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I guess... I, <laughs> I guess... Actually, no. No. I'm going to double down on my bad behaviors. <laughs> okay, we're going again. That's what I've decided. Ah! <laughs> Now, um, it actually feels pretty good, like a massage, almost. See, here's the thing. Yeah, um, we we reserve the right to uh, to train our employees, however uh, we see fit. It's a it's something that they sign over and they agree to when they board the Uhuru. They know it's all part of ship life. Yeah, and, and the only people aboard the ship that we're not allowed to strike are the prisoners. Uh, yeah, that's another thing. I'm looking at the records, and it looks like everyone who's listed as a prisoner is uh, under the age of 18. Yes, a child's prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have you don't have a prison license. Uh, this this ship is uh, illegally operating. Well, as a prison. They're considered prisoners of war, though. Yeah, again, even worse. Uh, here's the thing. You can't take children as prisoners of war. It's against it's against the Geneva Convention. Where? Or Gen Con. Well, I thought Gen Con wasn't in effect this year. <laughs> Look, it's not happening, but the, the spirit will live on. Um, I guess... So uh, we'll probably do some virtual something or other for uh, to make sure that Gen Con is still uh, followed. I mean, th there's there's definitely some content that we'll need to create to sort of fill out our oeuvre for sure. Yeah, some uh, some general content or Gen Con. Gen Con, yes. <laughs> uh, no, I slam, slam, stop sleeping on your left side. You're really tight. Uh, no, yeah. no, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is exactly, this is literally exactly why I'm here today. I mean, this kind of sounds like they are providing Slam with uh, helpful tips, sleeping uh, sleeping pointers, and uh, overall just like a good and working out than the knots. I carry a lot of stress in my cheeks. Shut oh. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'd like to clear something up because you, you mentioned uh, amongst the list of complaints uh, birds that eat people and we haven't yeah. had a bird eat anyone aboard the ship who wasn't an enemy combatant we did have a slight case of a bird kidnapping a, a, a man and raising it as its own child 
<laughs> but it turned out yeah. later that that was a prank, so we can't be held liable for that. No, pr- pranks are still admissible in court. Uh, there's there's plenty of uh, precedent for that. Um, just because it's a prank doesn't excuse the behavior. And in fact, I am, uh, as a, a no-nonsense bureaucrat, I am uh, staunchly anti-prank. It feels to me like pranks and the law shouldn't be anywhere near each other. I would uh, absolutely agree with that. Uh, the law has no room for pranks. It's just an untenable relationship. It feels like one of the things that's so wonderful about pranks is is their creativity, and the law's so stifling. Just as a just as a pathway and a place. Agreed. If if uh, uh, you know if someone were to uh, move away from. The uh, pranks let their creativity flow. They could create sort of an original character and uh, really branch out from the restrictions of the law. See, Jonet, they're talking about a person. <sighs> oh, thank it's you, a person. Thanks, Cable. You're welcome. Really need yeah. That. <laughs> ah! Oh! 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 Hey! Wow, I feel a lot better. And that'll teach you. All right. Next. <laughs> No, no, the we have not even begun the inspection. Wait, and Gable, add, Gable, this you... guy looks pretty tight. His shoulders oh. could use some working out. <laughs> do do it's not, time. do not. I have a prank for and you. If... Here's a whoopee cushion. I'm going to slap you in the face with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pranks. Un- unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. And if you continue, yeah. if you ah, yeah, if you continue to fail these exams, I will be uh, required. To be an attache to your ship to ensure that you uh, get your ship up to snuff or we'll have to decommission it. We'll take it apart, board by board, and uh, reassemble it with all new boards, and then legally it won't be your ship anymore. Sounds like you just built a different ship. Built a new ship. You just used all the pieces of our ship to build another ship that's identical. It feels like the construction part in between is completely unnecessary. Or is it? Or is it the same ship or is it a different ship? Well, that sounds like an infringement of our intellectual property. Aha! Who's ours? Hmm? Is it ours or does it belong to all of us? Hmm? What? <laughs> hmm? He's talking philosophy. Slapping he may have yeah. us outwitted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Smell my flower. <laughs> Pranks. Ah, oh, what? No, here's it's unacceptable. Here's, it's a very hand. low grade acid. <laughs> I'm not. No, ah. shake my hand. Shake it's it. exfoliating him. Shake my hand. I see. I see the hand buzzer. They're so big. I never <laughs> understood. Punch you in the face. I never understood hand buzzers because they're enormous. <laughs> they're huge. Yeah, there you is... have to cup your hand in a very specific way have to hold it like underneath. You might be able to get like. A, a politician, somebody who's shaken a lot of hands, you know, all in a row. I guess, but you'd think that of anyone, they'd be they'd be most likely to catch it because they shake so many hands. Well, I mean, they're not looking; they're they're just moving from one place to the next place. Why not just strap one to a baby's face? They go right down there to kiss it. Boom, buzzed face buzz. Turn That's a baby of... into a weapon. That's the. Best idea no, anyone again, has not, had all not day. Something amazing I would, prank not something idea. I would condone. Absolutely not. Sign we need to stop collecting children face. as prisoners of war and start collecting babies. 
Baby oh, absolutely not. Do do you even have a, a changing table on this ship? We have several. Yes, we have of wood. Yeah, there there are several. They're very nice. They're in our bathrooms, which I assure you are up to code. We they have must a mother's be room. We are not. Far we are a progressive code. organization. We have a pumping room. We have. Yeah, we have we have both a nursing room and a pumping room. Exactly. Oh, that did kind somebody of uh, say pumping room? Okay, no. uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry, Jerry, this is truly not the time. If there was ever a moment where you were not needed, <laughs> it would we be right now. We need you to be as far as possible from this table. <laughs> then again, I'm not oh. sure that harassment falls under OSHA. I think OSHA is just the material parts of the ship, not the inhabitants inside of it. Yes, and actually, I would be intrigued to see a bit of a dialogue between this Smith gentleman and Jerkoff Jerry. I feel yeah. like they might have a lot of interesting things to say to one another. All right, JJ, uh, go ahead sure. and tell him about your day. Yeah, um, well, it's just Jerry. I don't, again, uh, you know, there's a lot more to me than just, uh, you know, the J.O. part. Not you know, that uh, is, uh, you're you're making a bold claim there. <laughs> You're you're also, making a someday, claim that I really don't think you can back up. I'm sure someday we'll uh we'll flesh me out a little bit. No Ooh, oh, <laughs> even you saying that. Oh goodness. Uh yeah, well, uh Mr. uh Jerry, what's uh sort of your deal? <laughs> I tend to like my privacy. I like to um be alone for long periods of time so that I can uh, jerk off, and uh, when I'm doing that, I do like to use. Um, wow, okay, well, ha- they're you know, having I'll... this conversation. Let's sneak away. Let's just lift the ship off and leave them both here. All manner of uh, spooky instruments that were left over by uh, you know one of our crewmates who uh, did did die. Um, <laughs> oh, he uh, died. How did he die? Was it a work related accident? Uh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> I think a rock fell on him or something. I'm not exactly sure. I wasn't there. But um, it was definitely work-related, and uh, we kind of just had a, a meeting about it. They said, uh, yeah, this guy died, and, um, you know, we're all really sad, but we got to keep working because, um, you know, there's no rest, no time off, no breaks, and uh, you just got to keep going through, which is really hard for me because, you know, I do need I do need a break every now and then, every, uh, you know— as as a you know a resident of this ship, I do need a ten minute break every forty minutes. Um, that is in my contract, and I'm never allotted it. So I've just got to find my breaks when I can. <sighs> um, so you're saying you've never been given a break? You're made to work twenty four hours, and uh, someone on your ship died from a big old rock falling on them. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to need to become an attaché on this ship. Um, kind of just follow you around, pop up whenever something really dangerous happens, uh, give you a stern talking to, and make sure that you stay on the straight and narrow. Well, it it seems to me like this went better than we could have hoped for. Uh, also, you get you're getting a big uh, hefty fine. Well, you know, in order to become an attache on our ship, you're just going to go ahead and sign over these uh, work papers. No, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work for you. Here's this pen. I'm just going to take your hand and clasp it around this pen. Ah, it stings. (laughs) Pranked. He's in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just a pen that stings. (laughs) (laughs) That's their pranks. 
<laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist. Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like One Shot. Take it from me, heroes. The most fun way to learn about new games is to listen to them get played. Every week on One Shot, I, your host, James D'Amato, bring you actual play recordings with a talented cast of improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds. Each month features a new group trying a new system, exploring a wide variety of genres. The stories are self-contained, so you can jump in anywhere. And it's a great way to find new games. Discover the magic of RPGs with One Shot on your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore. Or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.